Oh, hello friend. Come, join us by the fire. The story's about to begin. Hello everyone, welcome back to Fireside Dice. I am your narrator and playing all the bad guys this time, Jens Anderson. Um, joining me today is our group of, I would like to say heroes, one of them has fallen, but the rest of our group is still here and they're still alive. Starting with... Uh, Emma, I'm playing Levin, the merfolk monk. I am playing Balfour, the dwarf. He is a what, fighter cleric. I'm Riley, and I'm playing Suri, the... Is she a warlock anymore? <laughs> kind of. The generic? Kind of not. I mean, we kind of lost a patron last time, but we'll get to that. We'll we'll cover that in the recap. I'm, I'm playing Suri, the human. <laughs> <laughs> and I am Skylar, no longer playing Bartholomew Avenant, the human bard. <laughs> we will figure out who Skylar is playing a little bit later on. Um, in terms of what all happened last time, there was a whole lot, but rather than me giving all the details away, we're going to go ahead and let Riley take over the recap this time. Oh man, where do we even begin? At the beginning. <clears throat> oh yeah, right. <clears throat> <laughs> last time on Fireside Dice, we found our party seeking the book of hidden knowledge and a weapon of vengeance. The group had just braved the depths of the Lightning Helix and the Misfault Bridge when they met the angel, Lucilla, who demanded that the Moon Silver Temple was rid of Withengar's evil. Our party had just caught up with Suri in the Mirror Gallery when they began to see dark clones of none other than themselves manifesting from the mirrors, as well as Withengar's physical form. A heated and heart-wrenching battle ensued, where our heroes put an end to Withengar's grass on the Moon Silver Temple. However, the cost would tragically be Bartholomew's life. Suri sealed Withengar's evil along with her power within the depths of the Dark Boar and gave one last goodbye to their trusted, loyal, and faithful companion as Lucilla gently took Bartholomew Avenant away. So yeah, that's basically what happened. And that's where we're going to pick right back up. That was perfect. As Lucilla is carrying Bart away, the group remembers that... One of the things they were told by Bart was that there was one of the treasures that they needed to defeat Strephon Mauer kept here in the Moonsilver Temple. So with that, what are you guys going to do? Just It's just within the Moonsilver Temple? Levin, roll me a history check. I would love to. Unnatural 20. So with that, considering that the Dark Boar is like the vault of the most dark horrors here on Innistrad. Your guess is that if there was a treasure hidden that could help defeat Streff and Mauer, it might be kept in here. Okay. So in that case, yeah. She'll suggest that we search just here in, in, in the dark boar. I assume starting with like the mirror gallery and then working our way out. Um, so inside of the dark boar itself, so the dark boar is beyond the mirror gallery. You need to go through the mirrors in order to get in. Oh, yes, that's right. That's right. Yes, 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 yes. So based on that, Balfour would need to be kept outside because he didn't have mm -hmm. access. His mirror got destroyed. 
I will stand guard. So, Suri and Levin can both roll a perception check inside of the Dark War itself, if they would like. Perception or investigation, depending on how you want to go about it. I got a 16 on perception. And I got a 23 on perception. Both of you are able to scour through. The dark boar itself is almost a hallway that extends in this extra planar space. And it has all of these little alcoves. And many of them have these angelic statues that you guys found last time. Mm -hmm. And other various forms of keeping things held or restrained however it needs to be and it's eerily quiet in one of these alcoves though there's bookshelves and lecterns and going down into here considering that this is a book that you're looking for the two of you end up seeing on one of the center lecterns a book with a crest on the top of it. Suri, you would recognize this as the emblem of House Markov, one of the most notable vampire clans on Innistrad. Mm. Are they still around? The Markovs are, to your knowledge, they are still, they're very much still around. They're one of the major vampire families along with the Voldarins and, oh my goodness, Brain. Markov, Voldarin, and then off in Nephalia, there's another vampire clan. The Stormkirks? The Stromkirks, yes. Those are three of, I think there are five major vampire families here on Innistrad. Maurer is one of the lesser families, but that's, that's a little bit besides the point. The fact that this has the emblem of Markov is interesting. You guys want to open up the book? Or do you want to take it out? Mm, looking at the stand it's on, does it seem like there's any sort of traps or, or, or like runes or anything that would trigger if we removed the book? Roll an investigation check. Actually, you rolled investigation on this last one? Or did you roll perception? I rolled perception. I can roll, investigation, roll an investigation though. check on this. Yeah, no, that's fine. That's understandable, even. That, my friends, is a 16. Considering the number of defenses that have led up to this point, you would expect for there to be traps on this. Interestingly yeah. enough, though, there are not. Okay. Seeing this, Levin's going to pick it up. There seems to be no effect. Did Suri relay that this was the symbol of House Markov? Uh, not yet. Okay. Then Levin is just gonna, like, open up, like, the front cover and look inside. You flip to the first page, and it... it it's almost more like a table of notes. You start flipping through, and on one of the pages that you see, it says, I am the Ancient. I am the Land. My beginnings are lost in the darkness of the past. I was the warrior. I was good and just. I thunder across the land like the wrath of a just god. But the war years and the killing years wore down my soul, 
as the wind wears stone into sand. All goodness slipped from my life. I found my youth and strength gone, and all I had left was death. My army settled in the valleys of Stentia and took power over the people and the name of a just God, but with none of God's grace or justice. I called for my family, long unseated from their ancient thrones, and brought these here to settle in the castle Markov. They came with a younger brother of mine. He was handsome and youthful. I hated him for both. From the families of the valley, one spirit shone above all others, one rare beauty, who was called perfection, joy, and treasure. Her name was Tatiova, and I longed for her to be mine. I loved her with all my heart. I loved her for her youth. I loved her for her joy. But she spurned me. Old One was my name to her, elder and brother also. Her heart went to my brother. They were betrothed. The date was set. With words she called me brother, but when I looked into her eyes, they affected another name. Death. If it was the death of the aged that she saw in me. She loved her youth and enjoyed it. I had squandered mine. The death she saw in me turned her from me. And so I came to hate death, my death. So it it goes into the longings of one Edgar Markov and goes over his story as to how he ended up finding the secrets of immortality by consuming Angel's mm-hmm. blood and his eventual conquest even against angels and humans and all the beings of good here on Innistrad. And at some point it switches over to Strephon Maurer's perspective. It seems as though this tome was taken by him anciently. Mm-hmm. And then at some point, the Duskin line got their hands on it and brought it here before the fall of the Duskin flight of angels. It gives you some of the secrets. It, it tells you of all the different weaknesses that vampires here on Innistrad have, which include but are not limited to Weapon cuts from living wood are particularly effective against them. Any weapon is capable of killing them, but it they are resistant to them. A vampire cannot cross running water that shows a reflection of the moon, and holy water burns vampire flesh like acid. In addition, a vampire's reflection in silver, including a silver-backed mirror, appears as the vampire would have looked without the vampiric condition. For that reason, They really don't like mirrors. They go to very, very great lengths to avoid silver of any form. In addition, they are not actually vulnerable to sunlight. They don't like it, but it isn't bad for them. So that's the kind of the basics. In terms of more specifics, that would be 
more mechanical in nature, so not super important at the moment. Okay. After reading that that one passage, Levin is just going to kind of scoff. She thinks it's very weak reasoning for descending into that level of madness. And she would close it and weigh it in her hand for a moment before turning to Suri. Do you want to hold on to this? Uh, yes, that, that would be fine. She'll hand it over. And Suri will take it and put it in her bag. I want both of you to roll an insight check if you would. Oh, man. Sure. I would love to do that. Eleven. <gasps> Same! So with a couple of elevens, this book seems important. Mm-hmm. And considering its connection to vampires, you two are not certain as to whether or not it would make you a target. Because this is almost like... It, it, it's basically the equivalent of the vampire Bible. Mm. The only known copy. Mm -hmm. the, well, basically the original copy. There's probably other copies out there. But this is, this is likely the original written in the hand of Edgar Markov. Okay. Do you have writing instruments with you, Suri? Uh, I, I can check. Yes, I, I have writing utensils here. Maybe we just copy some of this down instead of taking it out with us on second thought. Uh, that, that sounds like a safe idea. While Suri is doing that, you said this was like a... This is almost like a study. There's yeah. a variety of shelves. There's a, a good smattering of books. Not all the shelves are full. Mm -hmm. But there could be some other profitable knowledge if you wanted to look for it. Yeah. While Suri's writing that down, Levin wants to look for... Actually, before I say anything, did Bart ever tell us about Irina being under any sort of thrall or seeming strange? Yes. He did mention that he okay. had found her, but she was under some sort of effect, and so he couldn't do anything to help her. Alright. I don't know how well this will go, but Levin wants to do a quick scan for spells that take control of the body and or mind. Roll me. Um, let's make this an arcana check. Either arcana or history. And we're going to do this at advantage because you have the books right here in front of you. So it's right. more likely to have a thing here. That's a 13. The closest that you're really able to get to in the time that it takes for Surrey to get the most important pieces, vampiric vulnerabilities, resistances, stuff like that, mm -hmm. is that geists are able to possess people. Oh. Um, okay. And some of the different exorcism rituals that have that were developed by the Duskin line and the Duskin flight. As okay. to whether or not it would work on vampiric thrallism is unclear. Or even a Gios? In terms of getting rid of a Gios. Gios, thank you. That is not anything that's covered in these tomes. I figured. Okay. That's what Lemon is doing. Well, Siri's copying stuff down. Okay. A few minutes pass. You get the most important pieces down um, that you guys have been able to find. 
It's been 10, maybe 15 minutes since you entered the Dark Boar again. And going back out, Balfour, what have you been doing during this time? I think I would have found a place to sit and watch the mirrors and just kind of wait for their return. And while I was waiting, I would have been turning over the locket that Bart gave him and just admiring it, looking at the craftsmanship and thinking about family and his family, Bart's family, his new family, just kind of wishing it could have gone differently, but grateful that he's met the people that he has. Balfour, life has not gone easy for you. Growing up, your family was not full-on ostracized, but they were viewed as a little bit odd. Most dwarves from your home plane of Kaladesh are... They're almost more like gnomes in fantasy. They're tinkerers. They deal with metal and crafting and clockwork and all of these pieces, which your dad was very proficient in. Your mother was a bit more different. There was a wild side to her. In terms of how they met, your parents never really told you. And you, you had, you, you ended up taking quite a bit after your mother. In terms of her love of nature, her love of that which is natural. It's one of the reasons as to why you're a nature cleric at this point, is due to that connection to the ether that you were able to find. It's also where things started to go wrong for you, because it's that connection to the ether that led you to what you thought were childhood fantasies. It led you to a place so very different than Kaladesh. It, an almost like a Narnia sort of sense, you would go through this particular cave and come out to what felt like a completely different world. A world with talking squirrels and dwarves who who raided and who had that wildness that your mother had. And so you would come back home and at some point something else followed. The goblin incursion that was almost entirely preventable if you had just fallen in line. The ones who carried off your mother and your brother to fates unknown. The ones who slaughtered your father in his workshop. The ones who you chased, ending up finding a troll, a giant, and ending up nearly at the point of death before planeswalking, having your spark ignite. And since then, having this new family that, in a way, has been, once again, led to ruin. There's still hope, though. You never were able to find out the fate of your mother and your brother, but they could still be out there. And Bart has not been left to a fate of whatever else happens out here in Innistrad. I mean, based off of the funeral services that you had for the Burgomaster, there's a number of different ways that things can go wrong here. So there's hope still that despite 
repeated failures that Balfour can still be a force of good in this world. And with that, as the two, as your two companions come back out, they don't have a book. They have, Suri has her notebook out and seems to be going over some notes that she's taken. Balfour will just kind of quietly close the locket and tuck it away and grin and bear it, I suppose. What did you guys find? Well, a lot of information about vampires. And she'll go ahead and hand him the the notes that she's written down. It goes over various pieces of history as to how they were made, their vulnerabilities, their resistances, stuff like that. Well, some of this should be useful if we can get close enough. We will. We have to. I'm I'm really sorry sorry for what happened to Bart. It's it's my fault. It's not your fault. He he woke up one night and told me to cast it away to be rid of Withengar, but I didn't listen to him. Why? I I just thought I I thought I could do more good with my power, but Withengar was, Withengar was full of deceit. I have found that power often is... Sorry. And you can tell Eleven is thinking really hard. I, I don't... I don't want you guys to be afraid of me. I, I promise. I... I, none of my powers will be of any harm to you. We don't blame you for what happened. And we aren't afraid of you. I, I appreciate that. We all have a darkness inside of us. You fought yours as long as you could. Yeah, after he says that, Suri will just look at the entrance to the dark boar again. Is everything okay? As, as much as it can be, I suppose. I'm rid, I'm rid of him. That's, that's what's important. It is. It's what Bart would have wanted. He only wanted what was best for each of us. Suri, as, as the group is leaving, you have been so used to having this voice, this other presence inside of your head. For, so, for such a long time it was Withengar and now that he's gone, he's been sealed that voice that presence is no longer there and you've been thinking quite a bit recently about your first time coming into this area, the Outland Valleys from your hometown looking for your dad who had left with the book and the dagger that you found on him and in a similar style, you almost feel your father's presence and a reassurance that you did well, that he's proud of you. That's comforting. <laughs>
In terms of the journey back, Suri, you're still able to cast Lehman's Tiny Hut. That's one of the ritual spells that you learned from the Bitterheart Witches. But you guys have roughly a week of travel before you get back to the Bitterheart camp. A very good time to plan, a very good time to figure out what the next step is. Mm-hmm. Uh, we still have to find the Sword of Vengeance, which was in uh, that vision. Mm-hmm. I assume that that uh, all the vampire weaknesses that we found and stuff was the Book of Hidden Knowledge. Mm-hmm. Yes. How has Balfour been behaving as they've gone? Solemn, but focused in a way. Not like seething with rage or anything like that. Just intent on finishing what they started. Right. Okay. I think Levin sees that and wants to introduce levity, but she hasn't the foggiest how to introduce any type of levity at all. I think Levin is going to try something she saw very briefly when they were in Ravnica. One day as she notices that Balfour, I feel like he's being, he's, he's not an overly chatty person in general, but she's grasping at straws at this point because he's so quiet. She's going to ask Balfour and uh, say, what did the triangle say to the circle? Balfour probably looks a little taken aback, confused. Um, I don't know. What what did they say? You're pointless. And she says it just completely, like, straight-faced. No inflection to her tone at all. But she heard it said in Ravnica between some people, and one of them laughed really hard afterwards. Levin, I want you to roll a persuasion check at disadvantage to see if this joke gets across in a good way. Perfect. I'm so excited. (laughs) And that, my friends, was a five. (laughs) Balfour, the only thing that you hear out of that is you're pointless. (laughs) Balfour will just kind of look at her and Kind of nod his head a little bit and just <laughs> keep on walking. Resigned to his fate. Oh, <laughs> oh no. And Levin kind of pauses in place and is trying to figure out why it didn't work. She did everything exactly right. <laughs> the travel goes relatively smoothly. There's no major combats of note. There's one point where you swear that you see... Alexander standing in the tree line, but he doesn't engage. He doesn't, he, he almost seems to run as you guys are making your way to him. Does Balfour ever see Nutty along the trail again? Pretty quick after you guys come back into the trees, there is a squirrel that hops out into the middle of the road. Balfour will cast speak with animals and kind of probe out. Is that you, Nutty? Nutty the squirrel jumps up to you and taps on your leg and says, you came back. We did. Not all of us, but we did come back. 
Oh, are you okay? I think so. I saw my friend Truffles. How was he? Well, Truffles has Truffles growing out of him. That's not good. He would have liked it, though. Are you okay? I think I am. Yeah, I'm glad that you're okay, too. Yeah, we can be kind of okay together. You want to ride? Yes. Kind of pats his beard. Let's him hop up in it. And Nutty keeps you probably the best company that you've had since Bart's death. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) Suri, during the week of travel, something else happens to you. One night as you're on watch, relatively, it's pretty early on in the journey, just past the bridge and the guard post to the Needle Eye Pass. Where that's where Alexander was. Mm-hmm. It's that evening. You end up at some point during your watch. You're looking outside of the dome, and you swear that you see your father at some point. Spectral, ghostly. Ooh, I don't know whether to be enthused or terrified. <laughs> it really could go either way. But you can see that he seems to be looking around, almost like he's searching for something. Suri would definitely go after him. And as you go out, you call out to him, and he turns around, and it's a very sweet reunion. And he proceeds to explain to you that he got to the Needle Eye Pass, and he was confronted by Streffen Maurer, who struck him down. And that he is so proud of you for doing what he wasn't able to do. And he asks, my baby girl, where's the rest of your group? I... It's... It's Bard. I... Within Gar killed him. He's taken a lot from us, hasn't he? Sir, we'll just nod. Tearing up. I wish I could hug you. I wish I could. What were you searching for? I was seeing if I could get rid of Withengar myself. Didn't ever find a way to do it. But you did. You did so good. I think I might be able to help you out. My guess is that after Withengar was gone, you lost access to your magic. Yes, uh, ever, every, every, he stopped, the second I stopped hearing his voice in my head, I, I saw, like, I just saw whoa, whoa, pages whoa, vanishing and, and, Baby girl, ink. baby girl, simple yes or no is okay. Yes, I I can only cast some of my powers that I learned from the Bitterheart Witches. Oh. Their magic doesn't seem to be as tainted. What if I were to help you out? Is is there any way you possibly could? Like There might be a way. We could take a look into it together if you like. 
Yes, of course. I, I, I've been trying to find out what happened to you for years. We can absolutely try and figure this one out together. And so over the course of the rest of the journey, during your watch, you end up sitting at the edge of the dome and leaning out and talking with your father late into the night. And over the course of that full week, you end up gaining the powers of the undead warlock patron. By the end of it, by the time that you reach the Bitterheart camp, you are fully capable of casting spells again. So he's no longer just a human. (laughs) (laughs) That's a way better patron. That's like, yeah, that's like trading a copper for a platinum. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it seems as though your father has gained access to the Blessed Sleep, but he has decided to remain. And so, through that power, you have now found a new connection to the mana of Innistrad and are able to cast spells. That's so cool. That's very cool. I knew knew you had big plans, but that's that's insane. That's so tight. (laughs) Unless you guys have anything else that you want to go over, we can skip over to the Bitterheart camp. I was just going to say, I imagine that when Levin finds out, there's so much doubt. And she's just like, you have powers from your dead father? It's... It... She thinks it's hinky. It's... <laughs> hinky. Hinky. Starts with an H. I s- <laughs> strange. She thinks it's strange. <laughs> it's weird. Can we say it's sus? Sus. It's very sus. Any other things you guys want to go over before getting to the Bitterheart camp? Okay. At the end of roughly a week of travel, give or take a day or two, you can tell that things are starting to come to a head. You guys are getting a little bit more of a plan figured out. You need to get to Mauer Estate. You need to find the other world atlas. And, you know, if we can kill Streffenmauer while we're at it, all the better. Mm-hmm. And getting into the Bitterheart camp, it's an, it's an odd reunion. It, Casimir is here, and he greets you guys with open arms. Come, share our fires. Where is Bart? I thought you were dead. No. The Mistvault Bridge... When the mist came, it ended up transporting me here somehow. That is good to hear that you have not passed. As for Bart... He was killed by Withengar. That. Oh. Were you able to take care of him? Of Withengar? Yes. That is some small consolation. The world is a much better place without him. Of that we can agree. So, what to next? Um, actually, before before we do that, I have something else that I need to share with all of you. Suri, there's a friend of yours who is here. He seems to know you, but not the rest of your group. That could be either a good thing or a bad thing. Come, let me take you to him. And Casimir leads you through the camp. And, Suri, you recognize a different vampire that you traveled with what feels like forever ago. Oh, it's... it's you. 
I imagine Erasmus is standing kind of on the edge of the circle, um, kind of closer to the tree line, leaning against a tree, very stiff, very obviously uncomfortable, potentially being pestered by one tiny child. But as soon as he sees the group come into the clearing, he straightens up and approaches. Yes, it is me. You're missing someone. Uh, I... Yes, we, we don't need to talk about that right now. Hmm. Understood. I'm here to check in on your progress. How are things going? What's the plan? Uh, well... Who are you? <laughs> and Erasmus, like, glances down at Balfour as if noticing him for the first time. Ah, yes. I assume you have not shared our encounter with the rest of your group, then? Uh... I haven't gone into the nitty-gritty details, but... Understood. And he'll turn to uh, Balfour. I am an associate of one Vincenzo Serac. I have been sent here to investigate your progress, decide if you need help or not, and return and report. You can call me Erasmus. Quick question. Is Erasmus someone that Levin would recognize? That is a good question. That actually, that is a good one. I think you would have seen this one in passing. Mm-hmm. You would have seen him in connection to Vincenzo in his household. Mm-hmm. And he seems like he would come in, either make or take a report, and then go back out. Okay. It wasn't super common that you saw him during mm-hmm. your few days there, maybe once or twice. But you would... Right. He, he was striking enough that he would be recognizable. Okay. I guess on that note, I should probably describe him. Um, Erasmus appears to be just a regular human man. He's wearing all dark clothing, very utilitarian clothing, an overcoat duster type jacket trying to cover the rest of his outfit, but you can get glimpses through the open front that there's a lot of gear and um, tools strapped to his body. This is a man who is prepared for many different things all at once. He's got kind of longer, slicked back black hair, um, and very gaunt features, very tired look in his eyes. Levin is sizing him up like carefully. She doesn't trust him as far as she can throw him. So just with his association with Vincenzo and her experiences thus far, she especially doesn't trust him around her little group. So do with that what you will. I feel like he'll probably get a sense of the apprehension from Balfour and Levin, and he's gonna think for a moment. Well, as I understand it, you were sent here on a job. What is the progress on the job in question? Have you acquired the item? Not yet. Noted. What is the current plan to acquire the item? Get in, not die, get out. It's about as far as we've gotten. Some other details sprinkled in, but it's going to be a mess. So no plan. Understood. And Erasmus, you are used to having a backup plan upon a backup plan. You have, you're used to having all the maps, you know the entire layout of every single, every single building that you could go in. You're used to having all the information before an operation begins. Mm-hmm. So the fact that he's just like. Smash and grab. Very Boros. 
very very boros and very unprofessional <laughs> how how many people are there around us is it just our little group and casimir yes okay what do we know of the mark immortal extremely dangerous acts like a little schoolgirl doesn't like dwarfs um yeah he did have a thing for bart immortal extremely dangerous understood any known weaknesses or patterns i uh, somewhat and Siri will hand erasmus all of the notes that she wrote down from the book of hidden knowledge okay He's going to very, almost unnaturally quickly, like, rifle through the book, taking in its contents, and then he'll close it. Does this book... They didn't take the book. It's just notes, right? Yep, it's just okay. notes. He'll rifle through the papers, and he'll nod. This is all very valuable information. Don't lose it. Any knowledge of the home? We don't know a ton, but we know where the object is being kept. We know it's dangerous. We know there's innocent lives at stake in the manor. That's inconsequential. Not to us. You said that the item was it's in an upper floor? Yep. In his personal study. Hmm. Erasmus is going to turn to Casimir. He's going to say, I assume you were a local. Is there anything else you can tell us about Mauer Estate? Um... Well, I was held there for the time. Were I to venture a guess as to the population, I would say no more than about a dozen in terms of vampires that are sympathetic to his cause. There might be prisoners downstairs, but I am not certain of that. One of the things that Casimir tells you about is that there is a large crystal heart that Streffenmauer lauded about to him that is somewhere in the castle itself and that grants him extra regenerative and feats of strength not not full-blown feats of strength but it grants him extra vitality that is very valuable information any indication as to where this crystal heart can be found what i to guess somewhere in the upper levels that seems to be where most of his treasures are kept what i to recommend a plan of attack. The ground floor has the entryway, the grand entry, and there's a larger staircase to the left as soon as you're in the main foyer. If you take that, it will lead you to the second floor. In terms of getting from there to the upper levels, the spires, I do not know a good path. But that will get you closer. It's a good place to start. If at all possible, I would like to know the exact location of this study and if there is an outside entrance. There is a way to enter the study from outside of the compound. That would be most helpful to understand. Wouldn't it though? We need more information before proceeding. Mm -hmm. I will go ahead. I will scout the location. Give me a day, maybe two. And I'll see what I can find out and meet you there. And without really waiting for a confirmation, he's just going to turn and walk off into the woods. 
in the direction of Maurer Estate. Well, he's interesting. I don't think I like him. Actually, no. I know I don't like him. He, he's been very helpful to me in the past, but I will admit it's kind of strange seeing him go there by himself. Is there anything we should know about him, sir? Well, uh, he's a vampire. Oh. Yeah, Wait that's... a second, what? Could you not tell? He had a very good glamour going. Uh, he... I just happened to know because when... Uh, the short time I spent with him, he had revealed it to me. Uh, <laughs> in some... In some crazy circumstance. I, it's... All those memories are blurry to me. Would you like for me to enter the castle with you? Do you feel safe doing so? It would be helpful. Let me talk with my kin. Let me talk with Madame Eva. And I will see what I can do. As he's walking away, um, Erasmus is gone. Casimir is gone. It's just the three of us now, right? Like, there's people around, like, on the fringes, but... Yes, yeah, there's people around, but okay. you guys are kind of on the fringe of the camp. And what do we do about the sword? We need to have a discussion about our priorities. Our original mission was to retrieve the other world atlas and leave. Seems now we have three separate missions. Retrieve the atlas, rescue Irina, if possible, and kill Maurer. Correct. It really just depends on what we think is most important. So you're saying we don't do all three? It's possible we could do all three. Difficult. It's a lot more vampires than we know about in there. I believe killing Maurer would solve a lot of the problems here in Innistrad, Irina included. It would make me sleep better. Bar also made a promise to her mother. Seems though, if we kill Maurer, everything else solves itself, in a sense. And what happens with the power vacuum left behind? Because there will always be a power vacuum <laughs> in situations such as these. What new tyrant steps in to take his place? What about not a tyrant, but uh, Coven? Would the Bitter Hearts be interested, Surrey? That sounds like a bit of a stretch for the Bitter Hearts. What about the Duskin line? No longer having to live in the shadows? That would seem a lot more likely to happen. Okay. Do we need this? Do we need the sword to take care of Streffenmauer? We're assuming the sword is wherever his resting place is. Be a matter of finding that. The sword would just be, at that point, a help in killing him. But we would need to seal his coffin. To make sure he couldn't come back. Right. Is there anything else we need to discuss? Does that make our first order of business finding the coffin then? I would think so, yeah. Okay. Mentioned that they kept he kept his treasures highest in the towers. Mm -hmm. Is that where we're assuming it would be? You know his personal study was up in the high the highest points. Mm-hmm. And it stands for reason that that would be fairly close to his resting chambers. Yeah. His personal space. Okay. It'd be nice if we could just fly. 
You're not wrong. So, a little bit of a plan in place. Other than Erasmus, our group seems to be relatively ready to enter Mauer Estate. Mm-hmm. So that's where we'll leave off this time on Fireside Dice. Thank you all for listening to this episode of Fireside Dice. This podcast is produced by Realms of Roleplaying. Intro and outro music was created by Alexander Nakarada of Serpent Sound Studios, and all other music and sound effects was created by Monument Studios. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please give our show an honest review on your podcast platform of choice. And for more behind-the-scenes content and updates for the show, follow us on Instagram at Fireside Dice Pod. We'll see you all in the next episode. It is in cursive, so bear with me. You're, I, I can read cursive. It's all good. I've, I was trained in it, unlike kids nowadays. <laughs> Ooh, shade. <laughs> Does that make me old? <laughs> Am I ancient? I think that makes all of us a little old. A little bit.